0: Welcome back to another week here on MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury here. I'll be joined as always by Clarkie and Steve Sabern. Great special guest. Friend of the show on again this week. Steve Coolius from from SiriusXM NHL. will come on to talk about the NHL hopefully upcoming season and some of those new reverse retro jerseys that are out. Our opinions on some of those. And we'll also uh, chat a little bit about Robinson Cano getting suspended again for PED use in Major League Baseball. The historic hiring of Kim Ang as the marlins gm and of course we'll also welcome on our wagering expert chris abbott from Coolbet to talk some nfl heat for the upcoming weekend you're listening to and watching mwo sports brought to you by coolbet.co
1: this is mwo sports
0: Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury, Clarkie, and Steve Saverin, as always. And we are joined by one of the friends of the show, special guest, Series X MNHL host, Steve Cooley. He's back on the program. Cooley, what's up, buddy?
1: Ryan, boys, nice to see you. Stevie boy, Clarkie, nice to see you dressed up for the occasion. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I took November off. Let me tell you that much. Because yeah. it's been a, other than the players and owners arguing, This has been the best July of my life. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) It
0: sure has. Let's start there, Cooley. I mean, the news breaking today that the NHL owners and the league have gone to the PA and basically asked them for an extra 16% in escrow over the next three years, the remaining three years on the CBA. They had worked out a deal a couple months ago where they were going to take a 20% shave off and kind of earn it back over the next couple years. Now they come back with this extra 16%. Uh, The players don't seem to be very happy i saw alan walsh and a number of agents tweeting about it they're not happy what is your impression of this like is this going to potentially derail the season
1: it potentially could but it won't we've been in these negotiations jerry a long long time going back tonight we're negotiating and i hope for the players sake they're not going to end up with what uh, jerry and george got in the nbc deal because they were not of course uh Mr. You know who, uh, Ted Danson from Cheers. I do believe this. We got 11 days to get this done. We will. From what I understand about the money, the players will get more now and pay more later. So, this deal the league's offering is basically saying we're going to roll out the lumps. You want the big lump, money now, and then less later, or we'll massage it throughout the entire deal. I still think we're dealing with the same dollars, whether it's today. Over the course of this CBA, I think the players want some or more money now. That's fine. It's like your kid. I'll give you $20 to mow the lawn now. But when you mow it in in, in the future weeks, you're going to get five. You want to take the 20 now and get five? Or do you want me to give you $8 every time you mow the lawn? If If that analogy works, that's how I get it. These guys can't go a year without getting paid. The league can't go a year without playing again. This is different from 94, 2012, 2005. We got to play. The NBA's playing. They will play. We've got 11 days to get it done. Wait till December 1st when I'm back. How about that, Gary?
2: Um, okay. Speaking of Jerry, G E W R Y, Jerry. Um, I know you're like you, you're you guys are like close. So, sure. I'm going to take this answer with a grain of salt, but and and but here's the deal didn't they have a deal like wasn't a new CBA just signed what's going on? How can they reopen this or what, what is exactly happening?
1: That's a great question, Barbara Walters. And I'll tell you this much. There was ambiguity on purpose as it relates to this. They left it open to say, you know, we're getting married. How many times are we going to go for dinner? How many times are we going to do it in a week? Well, I'll leave that open. Of course, when she got the ring, she said five times a week. Well, it doesn't happen five times a week. So the players and the and the owners made a, a deal that was based on ambiguity to get the last season done. And they did. Now we're back at the table, and there's a lot of gray area here. So even though there is, we know what's in the pie, and it can only be split 50-50 anyway. It's not that the owners are hoarding money over here or the players are being unreasonable. I think it was a shock to the system. They'll crunch the numbers and we will play on January the 1st because, Stevie Boy, we have to.
3: Well, and that's the other thing, too, is like how much money will there be in the pot later? Because how can they open arenas? How can they get the fans back? This doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon.
1: You're right. So McDavid's not making 12.5. He's taking his shave, his escrow, everything else. And let's just say in a perfect world, 50% of all money that could be raised in this $6 billion industry is $3 billion. Well, it's easy. Everyone just gets 50% of their salary. That's easy math. But it's probably going to be less than that. Then when you build in the escrow, it becomes so complicated that the fan in Wyoming or Washington or Winnipeg says, are they playing January 1st or not? I get it. It's not good. The big check is going to be, I mean, you're going to get trudeau in Canada. You're going to get escrowed. You're going to get all the systems. And then you're going to come home and say, wow. But it's better than zero. And the damage that's done in the future and the future payment you're going to have to make. So suck it up, Buttercup. Play the year. Have a good season. Maybe an expanded playoffs. I'm big on the Canadian division. I mean, all the way to the Final Four for revenues and get it done. So either you play at a lower rate or you don't play at all. And I think we're so close in this 10%, 60% that Ryan started with the 20%. They'll figure it out at 14.32, and we'll play hockey in the camps will open December 15.
3: Well, if you play hockey in the NHL, you'll be better than Robinson Cano.
0: Yeah, you certainly will. He's in some trouble. We'll definitely discuss that later in the show. uh, Robinson Cano in trouble again, we should say. Uh, Cooley, you brought up the Canadian division. We kind of talked about it, uh, you know, when it first got thrown out there as an idea. And, I'm kind of a fan of it too. I mean, given all that's going on with COVID, I think it's probably the most likely thing to happen. And it's gonna lead to some great hockey. Like there are five, you could argue with Montreal improving, six legitimately solid teams. Ottawa's not gonna be a slouch either. They're they're improving, but you know, they're probably at the bottom of the totem pole, I'd say. There are six legit good hockey teams here, and if that's a division, There are going to be some casualties, some pretty good teams that don't end up in the playoffs, even if it's expanded.
1: Absolutely. And it's great. I think the time is right. The border crossing, COVID, everything else, it's right. Not just to play 30 games in a Canadian division and then go back to your using Toronto as an analogy and back to Tampa and Boston. Hey, we're back we just ran through the Canadian division or we couldn't be at Ottawa again, or well, whatever. And now we're back and we're going to play the next 30 games here. And you're in the Atlantic again, put it this way. And let's use the Leafs. So the Leafs are in the Canadian division. They could win it. If they bomb. they finish fifth and they miss the playoffs. If you run the division right through to a final four, or you come back and you still have to compete with Tampa, Boston, Montreal, Buffalo. We don't know what Florida is all about. I'm not big on them. And, the other teams that you're competing for maybe a wildcard spot for, right? If you don't finish third, you're going to have to, oh, my God, how good are the Islanders and everything else? So you're damned if you do in the Canadian division, and you're damned if you don't in the regular division. But I don't look at it as a biased situation. I look at it as realism. I'm a realist and saying keep them together, play them as long as you can. It'll be great for Rogers, Canadian sports, and everything else. And the excitement – you have a better chance of filling buildings in the Canadian cities with Canadian teams than having U.S. border travel. So I believe if you've got America East, America Central, America West, and the Canadian division, this is the best way to get games in and have more people attend the games earlier, earlier as we go as opposed to later, which is good for, ah, how do we start the show, kids? Escrow, money as well, and add the entertainment factor, Clarky boy.
2: Uh, do you think this Canadian division is something that might catch on and be something in the future as well? Or is this a one-time shot? What do you think?
1: I think I would like it to continue. Yeah. I think it would. it's going to be a one-time shot. Yeah. Now, why? why? Why do we have to make that decision now? Why do we have to make a decision like that now? Where do you want to be buried? And what nursing home do you want to go to? Why do I need to make that decision now? <laughs> I don't want to because I'm going to live to 120 anyway. So the way I look at it is, let's wait. What if it works? People say travel. Well, you have to cross the border. You don't have to worry about customs. If the ratings and the numbers work better, if you're Toronto, again, I'll just use Toronto as an example. Do you want to play Ottawa, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, or Columbus, Carolina, No. I'd rather, if you're going to say, Clarky, come over to the hockey basement? Yeah. Who are the least playing? Winnipeg. Oh, I love those games against Winnipeg. Or we're mm-hmm. playing Florida. Florida, Florida. Yeah. There's good and bad, right? You got your Bostons, and it's cyclical. But if this works, don't dismiss it. And don't think the California teams will say, we really like playing Colorado and Vegas and Arizona and the California teams. And the New York teams say, we really like playing the extra games against the Devils, Rangers, Islanders. And the Pennsylvania teams. So, yeah. It's a selfish thing, Clarky. That can work across the board.
2: Yeah, it seems like a win-win-win-win. That's what I look at, and uh, hopefully, but well, now I, I'm asking this next question against my better judgment because I don't like giving them the time of day. But Ryan mentioned it earlier. Do you think the Montreal Canadiens, like this, is a team that should have missed the playoffs by 15 points? Are they that good?
1: I'd like to say no. So would I. Okay. <laughs> But there's something that says if we played a regular 82-game schedule, that Montreal would finish fourth in the Atlantic, right? And then be fighting for a wild card spot. And because they wear a horseshoe, they probably get in. So Montreal ends up playing Boston in the first round and handles – That series the way they always do, and maybe it's a Toronto-Tampa, and when you wake up after the first round, Clarky, it's Montreal-Tampa. That's your worst fear. That's the way it feels that Montreal has somehow turned this ship around. How? We could argue forever, but it just feels like the Habs are better than Buffalo, Florida's in decline, and that Montreal's got that mystique back. Rocket Richard might have showed up in a ghost outfit again (laughs) near Halloween.
2: Remember um, when we went to a Habs game and we were sitting right on the glass? Yep.
1: That Michael was outstanding. Talbot, Michael, oh. Talbot, yeah, we got great seats. We have, you got us the tickets from the PA and the, and the via rail, so it didn't really cost us that much until we went out on the Saturday night. We can't get into that, gentlemen. And, we <laughs> sat there, and Brian McCabe, after the fourth or fifth Habs power play, turned around with his back to two French referees, said something I will not repeat in 2020. And makes you think about what really happens and why it's important to sit kids in the good seats. Because he basically said how he thought the Leafs were, well, not being treated well. And that maybe something else was in play. And the way he did it was very professional. And yeah, I thought to myself, it's another world, Clarkie, at the glass. It's
2: another. It is. We were right there, guys, right behind the, the, uh, the net and, like, first row. And we had our drinks on the dasher board. And we f- figured out really quickly, you don't put your drinks on the dasher board on the inside because yeah. they go flying. <laughs> but, like, I remember I was working for the team at the time. And guys like Darcy Tucker were skating around. And he would, he you know, give it the double take. Like, what the heck are you doing there behind the glass? It was, it was an awesome time. Probably the best hockey game, like, for atmosphere I've ever been at. Ever. Yeah, and it was worth
1: the so kids out there, you people out there, get to a leaf Habs game in Montreal whenever you can before they drop the puck. It's the worth the price of admission.
2: And just before Steve, I know Steve has the next question, but Cooley, you had pretty good seats too uh, for a very, very famous goal, right? Canada Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Weren't okay. you right behind there? Yeah, you yeah. You're in the highlight reel, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So when Mary, in and, and the second game, The the double overtime game. Uh, I was eight rows behind Grant Fear. Unbelievable hockey of the future. Was a teenager. I got my sweater downstairs. The Canada Cup sweater. Uh, The Russians had a shorthanded chance, and Fear makes a skate save and hits a skate, and the puck does this by the post. Tournament over. Nope. And then Mario Wayne to Mario scores, and when they all come together, we all crash at the boards. I'm straddling Gino Retta. I'm at the glass. And Gino's got the mustache. He looks like he just uh, whacked somebody. And we're at the glass. My seat costs $30. Oh, my God. It was God. considered outrageous at the time. The Leafs tickets weren't as high as that. But that's what the they... Cup ticket was. 30 Canadian dollars. They wouldn't
0: let it. you clean the windows for that now. I was <laughs> chatting <laughs> with Sirius XMNHL host Steve Cooley. Sabby, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I just a uh, question about... Um, Is there any talk about maybe expanding rosters uh, for the season with other minor leagues canceling their seasons, like the ECHL saying they're not going to play? We know junior hockey is going to be all delayed. Is the NHL going to consider expanding rosters for injuries or
1: anything like that? I believe they are. The the question is who else is playing and needs those guys? So where are we with Major Junior? We're going to start first in Ontario, but the Western League's gonna start, so we're gonna have to figure that out. We know the Qs had their issues. An ECHL player realistically is not NHL issued, but it could affect the American League team. And the American League guy would then go to the NHL, so the East Coast guy would have to come up. So that's how it would affect them. So last time we expanded to 30. We won't go that big. And remember, when you expand to 30, you got to pay 30, you got to travel 30. And it costs more. So I think the teams are going to be very budget conscious. And it feels like some of these other, with the vaccine chat, we're going to get a bit of a shutdown, I think. We get into January. I think we'll be very realistic on what the roster sizes are with the possibility of not traveling more, but calling up more that could save as it relates to the cap. I don't think we're traveling 30, but I'll say a massage to 25, Steve, is how I see it happening.
0: Yeah, I think that that's probably likely too. And like you said, Cooley, over the next 11 days, there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking. And yeah, I I think that rosters will somewhat expand. One thing that we know for sure, one last thing we want to touch on with you, Cooley, we know for sure that teams' closets are expanding because the NHL has put out the 31 reverse retro jerseys uh which is kind of funny because vegas has been in the league like four seasons and now they've got a retro jersey i actually think theirs is pretty nice to be fair uh your opinion on some of these because i saw probably 10 or 11 of them and went those are pretty cool and there were probably 10 or so that i thought "Uh, it's okay and then there were like six or seven that i Whoa, what were they thinking? Uh, If you could give us like your, your top two or three that were really good and your bottom three that were really, really bad.
1: I think I only really, well, first of all, Detroit, Islanders, Edmonton, they just look the same. What what do you mean retro? They just, I look at them. If you didn't know, my mom would watch them and just think that's, isn't that the regular sweater? Well,
2: Detroit doesn't look the same. Detroit looks like a practice jersey.
1: Okay, but they, we we've seen it before, so it's like their logo with the white jersey, but they forgot to add any red. So yeah. okay, so I don't know if that's retro or stupid at all. I'm I'm not sure which of the two it is, but clearly to me, Carol or um, Colorado and Hartford are easily the best two. I think to me, easily not just because they had the best models too, because. Let's be honest with you that also I think adds into the equation. Uh, I don't know what the Ducks Jets and Buffalo were thinking. I know somebody who's a Saber fan. He says, "I'm not buying that even if it's on sale for 10 bucks." Everyone had, the Jets thing I said to myself that, that the artist like leave halfway through and he forgot to he, he left the black in. Uh, what did he do? The Leaf one is C++. It's they wanted to stay away from all the other retro Leaf jer- jerseys. The best of which was like the third jersey in the Pat Quinn era which was a beautiful leaf but Adidas says we don't own that one. So we're not doing that one. The one they did for the outdoor game, that's a beautiful one, but Adidas doesn't own that one. So they had to come up with something else and they came up with that. That's a that's a that's the C+ plus as an example. I don't hate any of the other ones. I think the one I hate the most is the ducks. It looks like the cartoon guy drew it on the jersey. And then he went, I got 20 other jerseys to do, and he ended up leaving. So you guys have tiered them into four kind of groups. I love Hartford, Carolina, Colorado, those I would like to have. The other ones I don't get. And from a marketing perspective, sometimes they wear on you. Sometimes you realize, I got to get one because it's my team. So hopefully it works. But clearly the two at the top of the scale are the Nords and the Whalers. I hope they play each other this year.
2: So I like Colorado, no question. I think that's a, definitely a win. And Carolina, why don't we just go to, like, call them Carolina Whalers. Like, let's just get on with it. Like, forget the hurricane. Forget all that. It's a natural disaster. People get killed by hurricanes. Let's go back to the Whalers. I love that one. I like the L.A. jersey. I like the purple. But it's like, it's, I don't see, they didn't really adjust anything in my mind. It's just like the old jersey, right? Um, the ones I don't like, Detroit. I don't like Buffalo, Anaheim, of course. And you know what, guys? I have Toronto in my bottom four. Hate it. Hate it. I will not wow. be buying it. I will wow. not be buying yeah. it. There and in fact, go. I hate to say it, but I like the Montreal one. It's blue. Like oh. it just blue it's pretty like, good. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Because like, they've had the same freaking toilet seat logo, so what? you can't really do anything about it. Um, but I, I, I kind of like <laughs> I hate to admit it, but I, I kind of like it.
0: Now, well, a lot of leaves have been flushed down those toilet seats over the years, Clarkie. Uh, Steve, what's your uh, – yeah, you like that? What's your, <laughs> what's your opinion? Have you seen them, Steve? Like, yeah, are there any that stick out?
3: Well, I mean, it, definitely
0: Colorado. I mean, that's uh, – It's the consensus best one. It's yeah. the best one. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's uh, well, not
2: their logo. <laughs> it's the Nordic. No, no, but it's electoral, yeah. oh. right? It's, yeah,
0: no, for sure. For sure. From.
3: So, um, not a big fan of the uh, Arizona one.
0: I yeah. have it in my bottom three. Yeah, uh,
3: and and Nashville's is their third jersey. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, uh, like,
3: really, with much, a different yeah. sleeve. I think. I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, when when you say retro,
2: like to it's me, reverse it's, retro, whatever that means. Cooley, like, what does that mean? Yeah, I reverse mean reverse retro. I um, kind of like the Kings.
3: I like the purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah,
1: yeah. We've seen it before. So some yeah. they got right, some they got wrong. Some were so confused. They had all these leap options. Are they running out of leap options? There's is just C plus.
0: It's
2: Remember too the- big. The logo is too big.
1: I right. agree with
0: that. It's like if the- they just went
2: with the logo that that logo from the 60s, it would have been fine. But. They, they, like it looks like one of those knockoffs you buy from China. You know the 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 jerseys they have the bigger logo on the, the fake jerseys. Ones, yeah, you know the fake jerseys.
1: You, should they just put the Ballard logo on without the lettering in white? Mm. The Ballard logo, right? It's on the yeah. patch.
0: Yeah, That wouldn't yeah. have been
2: bad. And
3: then yeah. you're done. Maybe yeah. maybe they should have put something like coupless since 1967.
2: Come on, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's offside.
1: That's but, two well, minutes.
0: The bear on there. Yeah, maybe I
1: don't everyone know. Everyone comes back with Leafs like Team Canada sweaters in '72, right? Not your name, and just everyone wears '67 just to rub it in even further. And maybe for the Nashville sweaters, they should have picked the best three country artists <laughs> and put Carrie Underwood's head on with some of the other ones. Because if you watch the CMA Awards, I'll tell you this much right now: no wonder, no wonder the highway does so well. Channel 56, everybody. By the way. <laughs>
0: No kidding, Cooley. Yeah, they just. Yeah, I think that would be better than just Vince Gill's head in the middle of the sweater. Um, real quick, yeah, I agree with Steve. I had Arizona in the bottom. They're always in the bottom of everything. I just don't the goofy cactuses. It looks like it looks like an ECHL jersey when they have like Star Wars night. They have like theme nights. It it looks like you know they had a country western night in Arizona. I don't get it. Um, Detroit and the Islanders. You mentioned Cooley just for lack of effort, like the Detroit one, what were they thinking? Yeah. The Ducks one, to me, is, I agree with you, Cooley. What was that? Like They put Wild Wing on there, and it's so devoid of color, and it's just so wonky looking. The three best ones, Colorado consensus. I think everybody's on the same page. Colorado's looks great. Uh, the, the Hartford callback for Carolina, and I'll, I'll do the opposite of Clarkie here. I'll be a homer. I like the Caps one i Ovi came into the league wearing the screaming eagle i like that they made it red he scored a beautiful goal wearing that jersey i, I like it i think it looks pretty good i don't know if i'm going to buy one for 250 dollars but like it all things considered with some of the other ones look like the caps one's pretty nice maybe i'll buy one next year i
2: don't hey, know Drury. Cooley.
0: yep cool has got to go i i know he's We're
2: got going. dinner he's got a dinner big dinner it, date tonight yeah. huh? he's an important well, let's guy.
1: I'm if if the worst thing we're discussing is the ugly third jersey, fourth, fifth, sixth, I mean some teams we can line them up now and say we, we've had a lot. Like where does this stop or does it ever stop? Like what comes next, right? The St. Patrick's in green and Green and everything else? Oh, we've already done that. So but for all of this and where we are to get through November, November rain and pain, that's right. And December hockey, let's just do a deal, guys. Let's do a deal let's share this beautiful pie let's enjoy our christmas and let's talk uh-huh. on january 1st clark and that's all ask. ryan stevie is that too much for me to ask for my no. little home here
0: i don't think so buddy i think we're all on the same page and yeah let's get a deal done and and wear your goofy sweaters i don't care what they wear at this point just get on the ice uh, steve cooley a serious xm nhl host uh he'll be back in december so make sure you tune in. Cooley, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, brother. Enjoy dinner. Thanks for doing this, buddy.
1: I will. And uh, I will be eating meat. And I like meat. And don't tell me not to eat meat. So for us meat eaters, I will be eating. There's a fly in here. For God, Shut the damn door! Um, we'll be eating meat tonight, everybody. I love Local it, farmers buddy. will love you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I appreciate it. All right, Cooley. Enjoy dinner, buddy. Have a steak for us. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Robinson Cano and a couple other stories out of the NBA, Major League Baseball. And we'll, of course, welcome on our wagering expert, Chris Abbott, later in the show. This is MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co.
4: This is MWO
1: Sports.
0: Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury, Clarkie, and Steve Saverin still riding along with you. Thanks to our buddy Steve Coolius from Sirius XM NHL for joining us in the last segment. Lots to touch on uh, in the rest of the sports world, guys. Let's start with the Masters. And our guest last week, Mr. Listowel, man, Corey Connors. He had a bit of a, a slow start. Finishing two over on Thursday, but then he roared back, particularly on Saturday and Sunday. He had the best round ever by a Canadian at seven under uh, finishes top 10. I mean, he just went off and guys like we talked with them, how, how great it is for Canadian golf. I think that was a pretty iconic moment for Canadian golf.
3: Well there's no doubt about it and I you know the big thing for Connor's in that situation with the finish he's back in the masters next year right So I mean uh, he, he's put his stamp on on the game um, and just reading a lot of the social media of people following him and, and what he did and you know to do what he did and you got to remember he had that the tournament before he had a rough round. Um, so I mean if he can get to that consistency if he, he had a better first day, you know, maybe, maybe top seven, top five, uh, but a great finish nonetheless, and uh, hopefully there's there's more to come.
2: It was a little. I mean, it was great for Corey. Don't get me wrong. He, he it, it was terrific to see where he was at. He could have won me some money if he had played a little better. But um, <laughs> no. Uh, but Dustin John like Dustin Johnson was just on another level, and like you kept thinking him was going to come back and maybe make it uh, like a tournament, but. Sunday wasn't that exciting, guys. I don't know if you got into it. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. Like, the, the, nothing else uh, that I wanted to watch was on. But I, I like when it's close and when, you, you know, there could be a, you know, playoff or whatever. But it just, it just seemed different. And I also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the golf course looked so different. And I kept thinking, why does it look so different? Why is it? Well, it's because there was no one there, right? Like a lot of the shots and a lot of the places where the guys hit the ball and it would just go off the green, those places are usually full of fans, full of people standing, patrons they're called in golf, patrons, lots of patrons, um, but it's just—it was just different. It was just very different. Um, a lot of pine straw in the uh, in the in the bunkers. Um, maybe just a different type of t- time of year. Um, but it just looked different. Just didn't have the same feel. And maybe it was because it wasn't an exciting tournament. It wasn't close. I don't know.
3: Well, I mean, definitely the atmosphere wasn't there, Clarkie. And uh, one of the interesting stories was Bernhard Langer, the oldest mm-hmm. player. Yeah. And, and he beat some pretty good golfers. Yep. Yep went under. So I mean I think this was this was the type of masters that you had to appreciate more the little things where kind of look at each player's individual finish because no one was gonna beat Dustin Johnson on that day. Like he he was on fire. Right. So the nice thing about golf is unlike a hockey game or baseball game, if it's a major blowout, you're you're pretty much tuned out. At least with the Masters, you were able to watch different players attack different holes and, you know, do some pretty neat things. Um, yeah. And- I'm sorry. That was fun. Fun to watch.
2: It was fun to watch some of the pretty neat things that happened out there. And not that I'm a Tiger hater, but he got a ten. He shot a ten. He put the ball in the water three times. It Ugh. was like it was just look watching like an amp, like watching me play. Like it was unbelievable. He puts one in the water, puts the next one in the water, puts the next one in the bunker, puts the one from the bunker into the water. It's like oh my god, he got a ten. He's never had a
0: ten in his career. Anyway. Yeah, that was crazy. I believe it was crazy. I believe that was on twelve, wasn't it? Or ten, maybe. It was the par three. He hit his he hit the
2: green on his tee shot and he spun it off the green. It was crazy. So it was yeah, 12.
0: yeah, I think it was twelve. I think it was twelve. Yeah, if memory yeah. serves, it yeah. was
2: crazy. And you know, last year when he won the tournament, the other guys who were chasing him had a bad twelfth hole, and he he parted or birdied it. He had a great hole. Yeah, it's funny how how one year changes things, but uh, not that he was in it anyway. He but he was playing no. well. He was playing well. When you're when you're seven over on one hole, yeah, it's kind of of (laughs) lights out. You know what
3: I love love is uh, Dustin Johnson would miss a shot, Mm -hmm. like he didn't put it two feet to the hole. He put it maybe five feet, and he was angry with himself, Um, and he still birdies it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He was a freak on on well the whole tournament, and then Sunday, especially the first player ever to card under twenty at, uh, at Augusta at the Masters. I mean, just a historic moment. And the picture after with him and Gretz was pretty unreal too. Gretzky in the full caddy outfit. It was great. Yeah, DJ is just dialed in uh, like few number one players that we've ever seen, other than other than Tiger. It was a great Masters. Uh, let's shift our focus over to Major League Baseball. We brought this up briefly with Cool uh Robinson Cano uh is seriously damaging further an already somewhat tarnished reputation um and and Steve and Clarky, you guys can both comment on this you've watched him play a lot longer than I have seriously damaging his opportunity to potentially get into the Hall of Fame
2: well yeah no for sure If, if history is any indication with the other guys who uh were on it yeah for sure he has and rightly so. Sorry, but if you're cheating, you're gonna that's what's gonna happen. And um, you got a, he got a one year suspension. Is that a hundred and sixty-two game suspension or is it a yeah. one year suspension? It's, what is it?
3: It's a one hundred and sixty-two game suspension.
2: Okay, so oh. if he only plays 80 games next year, he's gonna be suspended the year after. So that's a 20. Yeah. So potentially it could be more than 24 million dollar hit. Because it's gonna be a 24 million dollar hit, they said, because that's his one year salary. What if that extends
0: over two years? Like, That's hard to say. I don't feel sorry for the guy. Let's move to a positive baseball story. Kim Ang has become the first female general manager of any of the four major sports. Uh, She is taking over as GM of the Florida Marlins. Of course, uh, Derek Jeter, uh, the Miami Marlins, I should say. Pardon me for the the old pun there. The Miami Marlins. Uh, Derek Jeter running the show down there. Obviously, very positive story. Uh, She's been in baseball for a very long time and you know you could probably make the argument that if she was a male she would have been a gm far earlier uh working for the yankees the dodgers she's got three world series rings uh started with the white Sox, i believe uh a pretty positive day i would say overall in in the world we're living in 2020 for equality and all that good stuff uh steve your thoughts on this just a great story all around i think
3: well and you know with Baseball trying to, you know, build its product and get fans back in the stands. Um, the number one thing is going to be building a great baseball team. So you've got the namesake and Derek Jeter. You've got the ownership group. Uh, now you have a potentially a great general manager who, who can make waves and maybe, just maybe, trigger some interest uh, for more fans uh, to come to games or get involved in the sport, so I know on a world stage with the WBSC from the amateur ranks, there is a push for uh, women's baseball, uh, and this is uh, uh, this is another feather uh, in in the cap for the sport uh, to to move forward.
2: Yeah, no, it's great, and it, let's let's hope that it it starts a, a trend of if people are qualified, it, does, it shouldn't matter. Um, if they're male or female and and also, you know, Florida hockey team, the Florida Panthers making news this week, hiring the first black executive to hold the assistant general manager's title with uh, Brett Peterson. So good on Florida, both hockey and baseball. Um, let's just move forward. That's all we need to do.
0: Absolutely. I agree, Clarky. It's super positive. And we've seen female coaches now join NBA benches. Uh, it's starting to, you know, now be a much more common thing in, in baseball and basketball. Hockey, even slowly starting to get there. There are some females that have joined front offices, uh, video coaches. Like, yeah, let's get these people involved. If you're qualified, you should be able to get these jobs and work in major sports, whether you're a male or female. I just uh, I can't believe that was ever an issue to begin with. And like you said, guys, Steve, your point, you know, from a business perspective here, like, this is what you want. If you can get more of a female demographic to join in and feel like they can be a part of, of the larger sports world, at the end of the day, from a business perspective, that's great. More people spending money on a hot dog and coming to the ballpark. Like, that's yep. hugely positive. I think anyway, I mean, yeah,
2: no, for sure. And you can't dismiss the fact that now young girls can look up to this, this person, right. And absolutely think, Hey, I can do it too. And that's, that's great.
0: Absolutely. I I agree. Uh, guys really quick. I know we didn't have time to cover this with, with Cooley. Um, but the world juniors are around the corner. Like it's creeping up here. They're going to do the bubble in Edmonton. Uh, interesting though, in that the training camps are starting next week, I believe. And they're 28 days long. Canada is having a 28-day training camp. And I, I, I guess from the perspective of the OHL, the CHL guys not playing since hmm. last year, you want a longer time to evaluate these guys. I believe they invited 60 players Uh just your thoughts on that and also how this bubble is going to work. There are some guys, Moritz Seider, who is Germany's best player for sure, he's he's told the team he's not even coming. He's playing over in, in Sweden right now uh, where their case counts are still relatively low in some areas. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to leave the Swedish Hockey League and stop making money here to come over and quarantine for two weeks and then join the training camp and make no money. I'm not going to do it and there's rumors that there's some Russian guys that are going to do the same thing, that are playing in the KHL. I hear Rodian Amarov, the Leafs' first-rounder from this year, might consider not joining Russia to come and play in the World Juniors. That could be a serious detriment, and at the end of the day, potentially a big advantage for Canada.
2: And Well, it should be, and Canada should have an advantage with all the guys who might have played in the NHL now being available. Why not have a long camp? These guys aren't playing, as you said. Bring them in. They've already they're already there. They're already in their bubble. Um, I guess maybe they had to get there early enough to quarantine first or whatever, but, um, or whatever they have to do, but they're already there. Um, And you're right. The thing I worry about with some of these guys who decide not to play is sometimes you get blackballed. Sometimes it's like, you know, down the line, if there's that, uh, is it this guy or that guy? Well, this, that guy over there, he didn't come to play in 2020. So, Forget about him. It happens. It definitely happens. Um, so the guys have to watch that kind of thing um, moving forward. But it should be an exciting time. You know what, guys? Like uh, Steve, I'll let you jump in here on, on Team Canada and, and the World Juniors. Um, but like the things we're missing right now. Like Steve, you and I last year at this time were, we're you know we're out in Oakville and we were. Broadcasting the Team Canada against the university uh All Stars and just all the things that were going on. Guys, this is Great Cup week. Like should be getting ready for the Argonauts victory. Argonauts finally went to the boat logo. Can uh, we say that as well? It it's came out time. They finally went back to the boat logo. Um but like You know, um, there's just the Hockey Hall of Fame should have happened there a little while ago. The uh, the inductions and everything and Hockey Hall of Fame weekend. There's just so many things that haven't happened and people are forgetting about them. That's why they got to get these things back on the map. Let's get this vaccine. Please, everyone. Well, you know what? It's it's everyone's choice. I will get it um, and uh, I'll feel safe and hopefully, um, you know, people's will see that it's going to help them and not it's they're not people aren't going to be putting a microchip in your body and, and tracking
1: <laughs> okay
0: um, <laughs> we're going full conspiracy I, no, theory no, here but, but you don't uh, anyway that's just yeah. my little
2: psa for today but steve yeah you know the world juniors it, well, it's it's the, the
3: 28 day training camp i mean yeah you're not going to have any sort of exhibition games or anything like that against uh, other competitors so you know get the guys out on the ice as much as possible Hopefully, they can take this and make it more of a marquee event than it already is because there's not going to be a whole lot happening over to Christmas. you got to remember, there's no silver sticks going on either. Like the Mm -hmm. silver stick tournaments, which usually happen around Christmas and New Year's for, I don't know, my son played in a couple of them uh, in his younger years of hockey and everything, and uh, um, Wingham Wingham won Pee Wee uh, International silver stick in Forest a few years ago. But um, there's none of that going on. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, here's an opportunity to make it more of a marquee event and really, really drive it home, especially with it being in Canada. And as for the guys who don't want to come, fine, whatever. But it's, 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 you know, a little bit of prestige on the table for you, for you to take and showcase what you have for leadership and growing the game uh, and if that's your decision not to come, hey, then it gives other teams uh, uh, a better chance. So, uh, you know, looking forward to it. It's interesting enough about the Hockey Hall of flame, uh, Fame, Flame, Hockey Hall of Fame. Clarky is the uh, they actually canceled the 2021 inductions. Yeah, we, yeah. We want to focus on the 2020. So yeah. you, you've in essence lost two years. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right, uh, basically. So um, we'll we'll see what happen happens with all of that, and we've yeah. heard CFL say that uh, they will play next year. Um, They're confident anyway. It's
2: going to get better, guys. It's going to get. It might get worse before it gets better, but it's going to get better. There's uh, a lot of positive already... news out there, so it's going to get better. Um, yeah. But like I, you know, talk about a marque- The NFL Thanksgiving schedule. It's not getting better. Yeah, that's true. It's always the same, though. The Lions always play on Thanksgiving Day, it seems. uh, It's just
3: all of them are wallowing right now. Anyway. You were mentioning uh, about
2: the marquee event. There's no question. TSN is going to make the biggest event ever when it comes to this uh, World Juniors because they own the rights and they usually go big anyway. Oh, you know, yeah. They are going to go big time. They might even yeah. show practices. Like, they, like well, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't
3: They might them. have to, yeah. And, and, the, and the bonus for them, too, is it's in Canada. So the the, the, the yep. travel, uh, situation it plays in their favor as well.
0: Yeah, it certainly does. Let's hope that a puck doesn't hit a camera this, this year for everybody to complain about. All right, we'll take another quick break. When we come back, we'll chat with in our waitering expert. Gold. In case all
3: the camera's in gold
0: yeah exactly exactly so they're extra visible for sure put a little shine on uh we'll 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 take a quick break we'll welcome on our wagering expert chris abbott next you're on mwo sports brought to you by coolbet.co
1: this is mwo sports
0: Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury-Clarky and Steve And To end things off this week, we welcome on our wagering expert, Chris Abbott from CoolBet. Chris, how you doing, buddy?
4: I'm doing good, boys. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: Not good. I lost money on Corey Connors.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, did you expect him to win? Or
2: Well, I, yeah, we I, I did expect him to win, or I wouldn't have bet him to win, but he had a great tournament. Don't get me wrong. He had a really good he tournament. Did. But I lost ten bucks. So
4: anyway, oh, okay. well, easy come, easy go. I mean, you could uh, you could invoice them for that. But you know, if you did bet on him, like you you could have bet on him to like uh, finish, you know, in a in top a certain 10. grouping or whatever, or be the yeah. top Canadian or whatever. So like, there were ways to make money on him uh, last well, week. And I mean, uh, I, betting aside, he he that was phenomenal to see him in the hunt like that.
2: Maybe I should have consulted you before I did that. Yeah,
4: that's kind
0: of why we have them on the show. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) See, I'm learning, guys. I'm learning about this betting thing. You're a novice gambler for sure, Clark. I'll help you out. I live around the corner, brother. I'm on a hot streak right now. Speaking of hot streaks, I'm doing that on the NFL, and that's basically all we've been gambling on for a majority of the last few months here. Some really quality matchups coming up this weekend, Chris. And let's start with Tennessee and Baltimore. Man, the Ravens are floundering. They should have kicked the crap crap out of my New England Patriots and they couldn't get anything going Lamar Jackson looked okay but everybody else that offense is sputtering they are not the same can they finally end this and get past the Titans who are a pretty formidable team
4: yeah there's not much in the way of weapons in that Baltimore offense at all and I mean we we kind of joked about it with the New England Patriots a few weeks ago but Baltimore unfortunately hasn't been much better And, and you know it really starts with the offensive line like a guy like J.K. Dobbins is a formidable running back, but he just can't he can't get out of the backfield right now. And, uh, you know, so uh, not time to throw. I mean, he's not the best passer, but when he has time, he can put some zip on it. So it's all coming to that. And you've got a Tennessee team who has kind of underperformed. So this might be a real good spot to get a good. Looking at him at a plus five right now Uh, cost me a ton of money last week. Like, I had a perfect weekend going, and I still did okay, but I had their money line on a bunch of parlays, and had that hit, which I thought was the gimme of the weekend, would have had a real, real nice weekend. But, of course, it seems to happen every week that that, uh, a game that you fully expect to to work in your favor doesn't. But, like, that New England team scraped out a win over the Jets. So... Yeah, Baltimore hasn't looked great. Um, So I I think I have to go with Tennessee here, even though they've also been a little bit lackluster. Um, I think getting five points is pretty good. Yeah, give me Tennessee. Go ahead, Steve.
0: Yeah,
3: and I think Tennessee really needs this win as well because after that loss to Indianapolis, that really tightens up the division. Uh, Indy and Tennessee have yet uh, to meet again later on in the season. So uh, they're going to be up for this game against Baltimore. This is a win they need.
0: Absolutely, it is. And speaking of those Indianapolis Colts, that's the next game I want to talk about. Might be a good opportunity for Tennessee to kind of edge ahead a little bit because Indy's got to take on Green Bay. Not a particularly great defense in Green Bay, but old riverboat Phil Rivers is going to go up against another gunslinger in Aaron Rodgers. Who do you like in this one? It's going to be pass
4: happy. Yeah, and the total's only at 51, so that's something to consider in that game. For a side, I don't know how you don't take the Green Bay Packers as an underdog right now. Like, I know Aaron Jones is banged up. I know uh, Devontae Adams is questionable. But uh, with the re-emergence of uh, Marcus, Marquez Valdez-Scantling over the last couple of weeks, I was all over this guy. And he's the last, I don't know, five or six quarters, he's been unstoppable. So, I don't know. I, there's, no, there's no world where I don't take Aaron Rodgers as an underdog here. I think the Packers have already hit their slump for the year. Uh, and I think they're they're finding ways to get more out of uh, out of other guys. So yeah, the Green Bay defense isn't great, but um, the, the Indianapolis offense is just okay. Um, yeah, again, another game that's probably going to be determined on the offensive and defensive lines. But uh, yeah, I think this will see a lot of points, fifty-one. So I might uh, might play over here, and, and I'm I'm always going to take Green Bay. Uh, good good for a teaser like this week too.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm a big Aaron Rodgers guy. Hammer the Packers, hammer the over. Uh, I'd be blown away if they don't go over 51. Uh, Last one here, let's talk about KC Vegas. Uh, It still feels weird to say that, the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Can John Gruden and his boys, who have had an up and down year on offense, but overall they've got some weapons. I love Josh Jacobs. I love Waller. Uh, Can they potentially put a dent in the record of the Kansas City Chiefs, who have had a couple of strange losses throughout the year? Is this going to be another one? Uh,
4: I don't think so. And for a few reasons. One, uh, they already got nipped by the Raiders earlier this season. And, the, you know, there's been times where the Raiders have kept it close with KC and, the, and they had a, a winning strategy. But I think uh, I heard an interesting quote from Patrick Mahomes this week that more or less alluded to the fact that they didn't come to play in the first meeting. The last two years, they played the Raiders out of the bye and they've hung 40 points on them each time. Uh, and the entire Raiders defensive line is in COVID protocol right now. So everything, everything is going the way of the Chiefs here. This one's off the board. It was seven points. It could turn out to be more. But, um, you know, you got the Chiefs coming off the bye. They've got Le'Veon Bell ready to go. They've got, you know, uh, everyone by and large is healthy on that team. So, yeah, it's, it's got to be Chiefs or nothing for me there.
0: I have to agree with you, my friend. All right. You heard it here first. He is our wagering expert from Cool Bet, Chris Abbott. Hammer, the Titans, the Packers, the Chiefs this weekend. Make yourself a little bit of money. Sabi, you got anything to add?
3: Yeah, just uh, quickly. Steelers stay undefeated against the Jags.
4: You know, this is one that that's really interesting from a win loss perspective. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh wins, but uh, they're an 11 point favorite right now and going on the road. Uh, an 11 point home underdog if you're betting that you you've got to take a serious look at it because Pittsburgh squeaked out a few of their wins this year. I don't think they're as dominant as an undefeated record would show you and this is a pretty good letdown spot for them after a couple of high uh, high profile games the last couple of weeks. so uh, much like I took the Jags plus 13 against Green Bay last week I, I might take the Jags plus 11 here but I don't think th- I don't think there's a way they win the game as a, a four to one money line underdog possible, I suppose. But yeah, I think Pittsburgh keeps winning. Like, survivor pools, I think you, you you like Pittsburgh here.
0: I certainly agree. Uh, maybe take the Steelers, Adam, to the money line. Uh, I would probably take the under on that game as well. Chris Abbott, our wagering expert from Coolbet, we appreciate this as always, my friend.
4: Absolutely, fellas. Take care. Talk soon
0: absolutely happy betting all right that's it for this week on mwo sports we appreciate our buddy steve coulias for joining us from sirius xm nhl remember he's back on the airwaves in december right away we're excited for that hopefully get an announcement on what the nhl is doing for the season you can listen to this show every friday night at six on cknx am nine twenty and streaming on cknx.ca you can find the podcast on all the best podcast apps as well as cknx.ca follow us on social media at mwo underscore sports and watch the show Friday nights at eight, Sunday nights at nine with our friends on Whiteman television. I'm Ryan Drury. That is Clarkie. He is Steve Sabrin and for our wagering expert, Chris Abbott there, we'll talk to you next week on MWO sports brought to you by Coolbet.co.